Good morning, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hine, sitting across from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Well, here we are again after another Packers L. This is becoming a very unfortunate trend, but as always, guys, we are here to break it down, try to give you some hope. But our boys did go into Las Vegas, couldn't quite pull out the W against the Raiders, falling short. 13 to 17 in, in a really heartbreaking game in my opinion luke yeah this was kind of a rough one especially the second loss in prime time in a row right that's not something we're necessarily used to i think historically we've been pretty good in prime time um so it was tough to see and especially the way the game unfolded uh just just so many opportunities right we could have won this game easily the raiders tried to hand it to us they did on multiple occasions one pretty big one at the end of the game um with some very questionable decision making by Josh McDaniels? Absolutely. Yeah, a little rough, a little rough. But it's. I think overall, it's been two bad games in a row, right? Two bad games in a row. So going into the bye, I, I really hoped we'd be in a better position. It feels like we've been going downhill, not uphill, right? Yeah, season's definitely trending in the wrong way. This still feels like it's a team that's beating itself. But at the end of the day, like losses are still losses. There's no asterisks. You know, the the L column still continues to go up and the questions continue to rise. And that is not the way we should be trending it as a young team. But you would expect our performance to be improving, not getting worse. Correct. And we are unfortunately definitely getting worse. Yeah. All right. So I will start us off with I think and I know. Okay, I like it. If you have a moment today and you want a little bit of, of levity, I would highly recommend that you go find either on Instagram or on Facebook. There's a video of somebody interviewing uh, the Packers, a few Packer players, significant others, their wives and their girlfriends. You got Christian Watson's lady and, and Jordan Loves and Devondre Campbell's. Devondre Campbell, a few others. It's pretty entertaining. They all seem pretty personable and light and gave me a good laugh. But that did give me my first I know, which is I know. Royce Newman apparently spends a lot of time on his hair, and maybe he should spend a little bit less time on his hair and figuring out how to play offensive line in the NFL, and maybe figuring out how to get up after he falls on a play, after he trips on himself, and maybe help his team. Now, he does he does have a nice flow. I wish he had a better flow in the game. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. There were a couple a couple moments that stood out to me in that, in that video. Obviously, Jordan Love's um, fiancé, I think. Um, I think she said girlfriend. Girlfriend? Good. His girlfriend? Significant other. Yeah. His significant other. Got to be careful messing that, that one up. That's a, correct. That's a real that's, bad that's one. A big, that's a big one. Like when I would call your wife your girlfriend accidentally like three times. Correct. Whoops. Yeah. Even though you've known her for a decade. Yeah. <sighs> I feel old. Yeah. Anyways, so I, I, my big takeaway was the fact that when Jordan Love feels ticklish, he calls it silly body. That's questionable. That's weird, man. That's super weird. That's super weird. The leader of our team, instead of saying he's ticklish, says he has silly body. Maybe when he's under pressure, he feels ticklish because he does have a silly body then. At he, points. he does weird things. Yep. 100%. 100% he does. He responded to adversity <laughs> a little bit better, Jordan. Correct. So that was, I mean, hey, it, it was a fun little segment, right? And they each had like some little quirk about them, which is the whole point. But silly body really stuck with me. Yeah, that that was pretty good. I also like that Devondre Campbell just hides in the bathroom when it's dinner time. <laughs> or no, time to put the kids down to bed. Now we're kind of spoiling it, but you guys really should go watch it. It's, yeah, it's worth it. And it's 
probably safely the best Packer content you're going to see this yeah, week. We need more of that because everything else is either take your pick, fire Joe Barry, or here comes Caleb Williams. That's all I'm seeing. Neither of which are going to happen. And neither of which should happen at this point. Completely agree. Completely agree. You're up. Okay. Oh, man. All right. I know that LaFleur needs to figure out what he's doing when we have these long breaks. Take that plan, burn it, never do it again, because we are terrible at coming off a long break, coming off a bye to begin the year, all that stuff, right? We generally come out flat. All the times you should not come out flat. We do. Repeatedly. I heard that last week we didn't have a single padded practice. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I wonder why we're not you know, good at blocking and tackling and other fundamentals. I'm sure that not practicing makes you better, right? Well, it, it's kind of a hard thing, especially when you get to this level, right? Because they overall know what they're doing. And you need to give guys breaks and the morale boost and all that is very real. And you don't want to just drive them into the ground like Matt Patricia or something. But there has to be a balance somewhere. Completely I'm not agree. saying full padded every single day. Completely agree. Completely agree. So at whatever we're doing is not working. We always come out flat in these situations. And you hoped that after getting spanked, at least for a big portion of the game against the Lions on that Thursday night game, that we would come out fighting, right? Just Guns blazing, fire, all gas, no brakes, right? Just all of it. And nope, we came out pretty darn flat. We got that early field goal and then just kind of didn't really do anything for the whole first half. Looked pretty bad. So we need to come out with a sense of urgency after the bye. And unfortunately, right now, I am not confident that we will, just given our track record. Yeah, based on what we've seen, there is very little reason to believe that something is going to change and that we should be expecting better. We can hope. But, I mean, it's just – it's really questionable decisions, like you said, with the weekly prep, whether it's on a long break um, or, like, London trips, it seems to be doing those poorly. Mm -hmm. I just – if it's not a a usual week-to-week, I don't know what's going on with the floor and the game plan. But, yeah, this this team has been starting off super slow. And now it's a trend for, for what, almost a full season now? Because last year we were Mm -hmm. pretty slow too. Yeah. Something got to change. I'm hoping we do see something different, but I'm not holding my breath. No, no. The, my only hope for something different is Aaron Jones, essentially, at this point, coming back. He may single-handedly be able to jumpstart us a little bit in that first half. Touche. I wasn't going to do another round of I Think and I Know, but just because you brought up Aaron Jones reminded me okay. that I know that there is one Packer player in this game who didn't let me down, and it's not Josiah, although he did have one catch for 19 yards. And he so. had a nice block on uh, Jordan's long run. Mm-hmm. So the, the stock continues to rise. Thank you, Josiah. I know that A.J. Dillon actually kind of looked like A.J. Dillon, and it was really nice to see. He was actually running people over. Yeah, no, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, It's funny because I, my second I know is also going to be kind of around A.J. Dillon. Um, But I thought he looked pretty good, right? He carried some people. He ran with some ferocity that it feels like we haven't seen in a while. Um, My only caveat will be this is like the worst run defense in the league. So that's... You'd hope we'd feast a little bit on that, honestly. And he still only averaged 3.8 yards carry. So that's not all him. I understand the offensive line is terrible at run blocking. Um, but to kind of go off your point, my I know is I know that when I watch football every week, right, we watch other games. Yes, we do. And you see all these dudes making plays. 
all these young running backs making plays all over the field, right? Obviously not to the level of like Achan, clearly. It's A Chan. It's better than A Chain. I mean, like he's a Devin, saying so like get it right. Okay. Anyways, who's now hurt? But it's I'm not just talking about him and Mostert because they're ridiculous. But you see all these running backs making plays all over the place, making people miss, getting to the outside. It's like, can we just have one of them? I know we have Aaron Jones, but why do we never roster another one? Like, A.J. Dillon is fine. And at this point, I'm confident that he is fine, right? And that's kind of his ceiling at this point. Uh, had a lot of hope for him earlier in his career, especially after that, after that Tennessee game. Doesn't seem like it's in the cards anymore. But we need some electricity out of the backfield, and we just do not have it. With him, with Patrick Taylor, we refuse to give Emmanuel Wilson the ball, who's the only one that may. Didn't we not cut Patrick Taylor? For we did cut spot, Patrick Taylor. So I'm assuming Emmanuel Wilson should be getting more carries. I mean, Aaron Jones is going to come back, and he's probably never going to see the field. Hopefully. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I mean, it's Aaron Jones. We love him, but he is going to be on the snap count for a while. I mean, I'm hoping at some point in the season he can be healthy enough where we take him off the snap count, but let's be realistic here. I mean, I, I hope so, too. Emmanuel Wilson will at least get a few snaps. I promise you that. And hopefully he does something with him because we just need some juice out of the backfield. And right now we have none. I mean, A.J. Dillon's long was 11 yards. That can't be the case every single game. Most games he's played in, his long has been single digits. Like, we need some explosive plays out of the backfield. And if Aaron Jones is not on the field, somebody else has to do it, right? I mean, I, I feel bad talking about it, but even if you look at the Bears, right? They have a ton of talent in that running back room. None of them are as good as Aaron Jones, but they can all actually do something. And like I said, it feels bad talking about it, but... They have Deontay Foreman, who was a healthy scratch, who led the Panthers with like 900 yards rushing last year and was a legitimate running back. Right? And they got Herbert. And they got, you got Herbert, who's a big Roshan. play. Roshan can make big plays, right? Even blasting game. Their fullback didn't Jesus look bad Christ, against Washington. <laughs> he looked as explosive as A.J. Dillon. He's their literal fullback. It's a fair comp. So I, we just need some juice out of there, man. Like, I don't care where it comes from. It's not going to be A.J. Dillon. I'm fine with A.J. Dillon just plodding forward if he's going to play at least like he did this game. This has to be the floor for him. Agreed. I feel. Yeah. Like, this has to be what we see week in, week out. But we just got nothing else back there. Yeah, it'd be nice to have, like, a, like a Christine Michael or some of those random backs that we had, little receiving yep. guys that just have a little something. Even Kylan Hill, and I know we, we cut him for good reason, yeah. right? But he had some juice, right? And that's a seventh-round pick. I mean, you see a lot of these guys around the league, like you're saying, these are seventh-round picks. These are UDFAs, like yeah. James Starks, UDFA. I, right? A lot of these guys. One of the guys that really made me realize it was uh, Jaleel McLaughlin out of the Broncos, right? I was literally going to say his name when, when you were talking about these random guys across the league. Yeah, McLaughlin just comes out of nowhere, right? UDFA? It, it makes him plays. 100%. He is probably one of the best assets on that team. 100%. And they have good running back in Javante. And Samaji Piran is a is good in a role. He's fine. He's a fine yeah. third down blocking back. Right. He's he's solid. He'll do what he's supposed to. Then they got this this dude coming out of nowhere that can make a play. Right. We don't have an, anybody currently, or at least we refuse to give them the ball, whatever the case may be, to make a play out of the backfield. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think that we'd hope that Emmanuel Wilson can take a, a bigger step in this offense, which we really haven't seen. He that couldn't much. take a smaller step. But I agree. It would be nice, at least in that third running back spot, instead of Patrick Taylor, that we get someone with a little more pop, maybe a little more upside. Maybe they're not as good in pass blocking, right? There's going to be some. There's going to be some detriments if they're 100%. A, a more explosive player. But having Patrick Taylor who can pass block 
is nice to protect the quarterback, but it doesn't really do much when we don't have the pop. No, and like we're going to talk about, I'm sure, our run game is zero threat right now. We need to figure out a way to make it threatening to defenses because that will only help the quarterback. Agreed. Do you want to do another? I think I guess you did your because you're yeah, just I trying did, to piggyback I did, mine. I did too, so I'm good. All right, where do you want to start with this? You want to start offense, Jordan Love, game flow. What do you want to do, man? I'm going to start with the main positive of this game. You're right. Josiah's one catch for 19 yards. That was, was not where I was going, but oh, we can start there if you want. I just said it. Okay, so is this our, our weekly Josiah segment? Do I got to get the calculator out now? Oh, I mean, we don't have to go that hard. I don't want to know the audience that much. Oh, yeah, we, we've done it every week so far, so we're, we're going to do it now. Right, so he has 57 receiving yards. That was a big chunk for him. Stud, dude. He's on a hot streak lately. He honestly is. 58 receiving yards. Okay. Just letting you know, he was the uh, the third leading receiver for us. That's terrifying. Yardage-wise. That should never happen. With one catch. That should literally never happen. Ever. Yeah. So he's up to averaging 11.6 yards a game. That gets him to almost 200 yards, man. Uh-oh. 197. What are we going to do if he... Okay, so is 300 just like... Is that the old goal? Can I mean, we, can I get a prize? No. Can I have like a six pack of beer or something? Maybe, if maybe if he, if he hits three hundred, he's got to hit that three hundred. You called it out. He's got to get there. I think if he gets like a one fifty, you should buy me a signed jersey. Absolutely not. Why not? Because why? He didn't hit the goal you set for. He did something. He did more than you would have expected. I mean, the last couple games he has, which I think is only proving my point that Jesus Christ, someone please do something on offense. Yeah, I do love him, but the fact that he's he's being utilized more isn't really wonderful i mean he does do well with his opportunities but the question is is that when we have guys that are superior athletes yeah why aren't they winning those routes he should never have more receiving yards than romeo that's fair or Jaden reed yeah or Jaden reed for sure or dontavian wicks even dontavian wicks shouldn't be close to luke musgrave nope uh and then where's uh tucker craft like i know you're a little raw tucker craft but like you should be better than josiah I, he's not seen the field much because of Ben Sims. Is Ben Sims that good? I don't think so. I mean, he had one catch today. Or Yeah, that was Monday actually a nice two. little play. It was a nice little play. But no, Ben Sims is a better blocker, it seems like, at this point. Well, that's why I've seen the field then. I keep wondering. I'm like, why is this dude out there? Like, that's why. Like, big Chris Sims, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you see when Tucker they tried to have Tucker Craft run across the formation and block Max Crosby one-on-one? That's never going to work, guys. Well, we had a play where we had two tight ends and a running back trying to block trying to block Max Crosby. He just ran around. Is that the one where he just ran around the entire defensive line? Which, hilarious move, by the way. Yeah. That feels like something you'd see in Pee Wee. Like, you're just going to run halfway around the field and end up at the quarterback. You got the one kid who's a stud, and the rest of them are terrible. Just, yep. just run around. You're fine. Okay. Well, then I'll get to the the other positive. Okay. And we're jumping around here. I right? Like we're jumping around. And then we'll kind of get back into a little bit more normal. But we're jumping around. And that is because we have the superior Carlson brother. It was proven. Would you think that through how many weeks of the season that the strongest, the thing on this team that we are most secure about is Carlson? Hilarious. That, that we're, that's where we're at right now. Because he was missing over half of his kicks pretty much every day during the preseason. And training camp. Yeah. And dude's money. We're going to say this, and he's going to miss after the bye. But there you go. Knock some wood. But we are not Al Michaels. We are not the ultimate. That's true. That's true. But he's looked great, man. Just confident. None of the kicks have even been particularly close to missing. Like, they're all, like, in the middle. No, and he, he looks just good. looks confident, totally. It was a long of only 37, but still. Made two field goals. It's more than his brother can say. True, Mr. Doink. Yes, sir. That was that was, that was was rough for him. And then the other one got blocked. Shout out to Yash. But still, hey, man, 
He's two for two, and Daniel, who's arguably right, like the second best kicker in the league behind Tucker, one for three. It's pretty funny comparing and contrasting because if you remember, Daniel had some really rough stretches early in his career. As a Viking, yeah. And we were kind of nervous about that, drafting his brother. And it looks like he was having some rough stretches early on. You're like, all right, well, we'll see how long the leash is. People are already talking, are we going to call Mason, you know? And just drop the bat. He's been absolute money. I'm, you know, knocking on wood, hoping it stays that way. He's going to miss a kick at some point. Of course right? he He's is. probably going to miss a couple to several, but that's okay. But could little brother just be completely showing up big brother and be like, I learned from your mistakes. Like, I'm not going to miss. I'm <laughs> you not, sucked I'm not that at the beginning. I'm going to just not do that. Yeah. I'm just going to be you now, but apparently better. Yeah. <laughs> just the, the kicking game as a whole. This game between Yash. Which I didn't even know he was on field goal block neither did i but i guess you just put your tallest guys there makes sense where's caleb jones get that dude out there i'm happy he didn't jump try to try to jump <laughs> over the line because we don't we don't do that thank you guys quite walker love you watching yash try would be fun though i like him enough that i don't <laughs> want him to tear something we can't afford another injury and i just feel like that wouldn't really end well personally i completely agree it'd be kind of funny but agreed yeah, it'd be great to see. And then just the other one, doinking, felt bears ask. Like how we how we lose this game after the boink. Can we jump there now? Yeah. To to that whole kind of progression. So I was I was watching the game with my lady and I was trying to explain to her that, you know, it's it's fourth and one on what, our 30, 35? Something like that. Thirty seven. Yeah. The Packers defense had been playing well, but there's no way in hell that they don't just run this. Yeah. You just give it to Josh Jacobs, who was the best running back in the NFL last year, at least yardage-wise. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say top three, top four. depends on who you ask. Absolute stud and definitely a power guy. For sure. Opinion. For sure. So this is perfect territory for him. Packers defense had been playing well, but I'm sure they'll run down. As much as we do love Kenny Clark and uh, Mr. Wyatt, you still think they have the advantage. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, here's what's going to happen. They're going to run it down our throat. They're going to get the first down. Game over. You know, I'll see you next week. And they come out for the field goal. I was like, what are they doing? And I was like, okay, all right. So so they're going to make this. We're going to get the ball back. We got to go score a touchdown, and then we'll see about overtime, you know, explaining the whole thing. We'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. And then they miss, and they boink. Phenomenal. And we get the ball nearly at the 40 with, what, minute, minute and a half to go? Plenty of time. Plenty I think of time. A timeout. I think we even had a timeout. Timeout? A minute and a half. We had seen a little bit from the offense in the second half, enough to the point where I was like, okay, no, we got this. We got this. The tides have turned. Let's go. We get one first down, two, and then Christian Watson cannot bring in the deep ball from Jordan Love. I think Jordan has a little bit of a late throw. I want your opinion on it, but I kind of, maybe not 50-50, but I would say probably blame 60 Jordan, 40 Christian. It just I didn't see the fight back for the ball. He didn't have the best position to get back for it on the underthrow, but bro, you are 6'4". And we've seen that you can make contested catches. If at some point there, you have to turn to the defensive back. If you can't go up and make a play on the ball to catch it yourself, you have to volleyball swat it out of there. And you easily could have. Take a play out of George Kittle's playbook. Phenomenal when he did that, by the way. Yeah, because he's he's broken up would be interceptions, and then he did the Jair, the, the putting the sword away. Yeah, Amazing. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Um, this is going to sound worse than I mean it. Just going to put that out there. Send it. Also, shout out to you doing this as opposed to me, because it's usually my thing, so I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, gonna I'm start, so excited. I'm going to start with what you asked, and then it's going to get progressively worse sounding. Um, so Jordan Love, yeah, it, it was a late throw for sure. Uh, he had his eyes down, 
right? I think that's probably where the ball was supposed to go all along. Felt some pressure. Eyes came down. By the time eyes came up, you start running out of room in that end zone, right? So he underthrows it, which is something we definitely need to talk about, uh, especially to Christian Watson, of all people. Underthrows it. Christian needs to do something there. This has become a pattern at this point um, that he's repeatedly not put up enough of a fight, right? And as a wide receiver, what they should be teaching, I would hope, right? They taught us in high school, for God's sake. Come back to the ball as hard as you can, right? If it's underthrown, go get it. Try your damnedest to knock it out. Do whatever you can, right? Prevent an interception, A. B, there's a chance you get a PI. Now, defensive back turned around. Right, so that probably wasn't going to happen. However, this is where it gets ugly. It's a couple times now where Christian doesn't seem like a big dude. Right, and he is a big dude. He's a very big dude. He's physically somewhere between like Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson, right? Yeah, he's tall. He's a little bit, but even like he's not he's not MVS skinny. He's got a little muscle to him. He's got some juice. Yeah. He does. He does. Um uh, it's a little this is this is gonna hurt to say. You're gonna say the S word? You're it's gonna a, say it? No. No, it's a C word. It's a little claypool esque. Ooh. That's rough. And I'm not saying obviously he's better than Chase Claypool, clearly. Right? He proved that in like a game and a half last year. But it's we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But these are some of the reasons that Pittsburgh kind of gave up on on Claypool and that he's a knucklehead so there's all that and Christian's a great guy so his dancing is absolutely terrible terrible and he makes terrible decisions because he was celebrating during a two-minute drill that one time like he Claypool's an idiot right Christian Watson's not seems to be a great guy well liked by the teammates all that kind of stuff but at some point like you are bigger stronger and faster than everyone on the field you can at least go up and touch the football right and even on that deep play the deep pass where Jordan just kind of missed him earlier in the game. Kind of the same thing. Didn't see an awesome amount of effort to go back and get that ball. Right? I'm not saying you would necessarily. He would get there. But maybe you get a PI. Maybe something happens. You have right? to try. You have to try Yeah. To, to get the ball and play to your size. Right? And he is not at this point. Um, could he have knocked the ball away from... From the defensive back, I think so. Probably on the, on the deep interception yeah. we're talking about. Oh, totally. So it was such an underthrow, and and give whoever that Raiders defensive back is a hell of a lot of credit. A lot of us forget that Nate Hobbs, they're pretty much only good corner. Who's mm-hmm. young and he's good. He, he was out, um, and I don't know if it was their second or their third, but another one of their starters was out. So they're they're coming in like we were, you know, pretty injured. And this guy goes up and he makes a hell of a catch. Amik Robertson. Amik Robertson. He has to. He's diving backwards with yep. his his hands, you know, behind his head. Crazy catch, honestly, beautiful play. It just hurt because it was against us, obviously. And Christian's behind him, waiting for that ball to come a little bit further. But you can easily swat that away. He, worst comes to worst, you get OPI. Whatever. We we live to play another game. Right. But you can't just let him take it. Tackle the dude. I don't care. And then mope afterwards. You know. Yeah. Like, don't be frustrated. Do something about it in the moment as opposed to just, like, watching it unfold. If you see that ball coming towards him and you don't think you can get to it, literally tackle the guy. Don't care. Yeah, we'll go backwards, but at least we still have the football. That's what defensive backs do when they, right? know, like, when they know that a receiver has them beat on a of, turn or whatever. They just just drill him. And even 
Christian should know this better than anybody else, right? The horse collar. Oh, I always forgot about the horse collar. That's play. the only way we didn't score on that play to Christian Watson, right? Was Marcus Peters' horse collar. But that was a phenomenal play. It's dangerous. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But it was still in it his was a decision. Smart football play. Stopping him from scoring. It was the only way he was going to yep. get him down, right? And we only we kicked a field goal because of it. We lost by four. That was a big play. That was a very big play. But yeah, Christian needs to just just fight more, man. You're a big dude. Go body somebody. Like go moss somebody. Like what are you doing? Where was the Christian we saw last year? Right, and I get that coming out he had like you know questionable hands or whatever, but he made some acrobatic, very contested catches as well. He's kind of one of those guys where you miss the easy ones, you make the hard ones, type of deal. But well, let's see it. Try, man. And I'm not saying he's putting in low effort or anything, but you got to do what you got to do at some point. And with the game on the line, a ball under thrown, I don't care what what has to happen, it cannot be an interception if you're in the vicinity. You are the best weapon right now in this offense until mm-hmm. Aaron Jones comes back. Like you are, I mean, obviously Joel loves the quarterback. Like you are the face of the offensive threat. Correct. And we know that going into the season, and we knew that you were going to need to step up, and we just haven't seen it so far. No, and I'm I'm thinking, I'm hoping, sort of. Some of this is hammy related, right? Because if you're not a hundred percent back from a hammy from a hamstring. Some of your pops, some of your explosion, your leaping ability isn't going to be quite there, right? Fair. But I on hope, that play, no excuse. Completely agree. I'm thinking maybe that other deep ball could have something to do with it. Overall, some of the lack of aggression, maybe he doesn't trust it quite yet. And the explosion, like you said, I'm sure is not going to be there. Some of the cuts are not going to be as yeah, sharp. He's still burning people, clearly. He's open. But maybe he's not quite 100% yet. No excuse on that interception, for sure. Where do you want to go now? And this whole game is just weird. We're talking about Jordan yes. Love's interceptions. Yeah, we're, talking, we're about talking about one. Let's just keep going. All right, so the other one, one of the other ones, because there's, there's three we get to talk about. Yeah. Um. The the worst one, in my opinion, which is honestly one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. The first one? The, the worst interception I've seen through any Packer uh, quarterback. I thought that was the second, because there was there was a tipped one, and then there was one where he threw it to Robert Spillane. And that was the, I thought that was the first one. Doesn't doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter which one, but the uh, I think they were like sitting on a cover two, and he tried to hit somebody underneath, and he threw to directly to Robert Spillane, the linebacker, and then there was another Raider right there too on the live telecast. You couldn't even see a Packer receiver on the screen. Nope. You just saw a sea of black, and he's like, "Oh, I, I just didn't see him." Jordan, how do you not see him? This isn't that strike concept where your back is turned. No. I Same route it's, though. It's it's a it's a yeah it's a quick in breaking route, but. What do you mean you don't see him? They're in all black. He's like six foot four. You staring at him? I mean, his his eyes never left that receiver, right? He was looking left the whole time. Yeah. On that play, so it's not like you're looking right, looking right, looking right, and then you immediately snap decision, throw left, right? Or it's not forgivable at that point. But you were staring at where the dude was standing the entire time. How do you not see him? You just threw it right to him. It's not like a deep throw where you just you don't see the safety because they're coming over. It's literally. As you said, it's where he was looking. It's right in your in your lane of vision. Yep. I think we have seen he did have a pass similar in preseason where he just threw right to a guy and he happened to drop it. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's a little more concerning than the the accuracy issues. Yeah, yeah. Because the accuracy issues, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see. At least I'm giving until the end of the season before I'm really starting to to 
like, okay, maybe he's not the guy if we don't work and kind of kink this out a little bit, if we don't see some improvement. But man, oh man, how do you miss that, brother? Like, come on. It's right there, right in front of him. I will say uh, Robert Spillane from Oak Park, Illinois. So, you know, had a beast. Somebody, I guess it was okay was displaying why do you gotta do that i knew i knew <laughs> i knew once i saw it was him i was like shit that guy was on luke's uh illinois own madden team wasn't he he 100 was yeah he was my star linebacker um well he showed it again he did just for you he buddy he did which i wish he would have showed a little less um and the second one was not a great decision and, and tip ball right but yeah you're right that first one just you can't make that throw that would have been picked twice before it got to the receiver absolutely the second one on the tip was it um was it to romeo or christian i don't quite remember i feel like romeo or was it to ben sims <laughs> <laughs> no honestly ben sims is one of our uh, one of our elite targets percentage wise at least one reception on one target just pointing it out so did josiah so maybe we should be putting those two out at wide receiver as opposed to and 12 yards on that one target got a little first down if i remember right a little stiff arm action made yeah he he, he looked like he's not awful. Big body Ben Sims, loving it. I mean, Romeo Dobbs brought in twenty five percent of his targets, and Christian Watson was under fifty percent as well. Maybe this is one of the changes we're talking about in the offense. Just go super heavy personnel out wide. Send the boys who actually catch the ball out there. Absolutely not. I know. <laughs> um, I do want to point out um, we had some issues with the young tight end, right? Tucker Craft, we kind of already talked about. Oh, Luke Musgrave got his ass chewed and benched. Out. I'm yeah. pretty sure he got benched, um, which is then when we saw Tucker Craft. <laughs> and you got benched for Josiah and Ben Sims. Yeah, it's rough, buddy. I mean, we knew this coming into the year. Luke Musgrave had not played a lot of football recently, right? We're kind of seeing it a little bit. You still see the flashes, which are which are great. Um, and I love the dude, but he's. He still can't make anybody miss to save his life. So because of that, I don't know why we're using him the way we are. It makes no sense to me. Oh, right? like short. Six catches, 34 yards, averaging 5.7 yards catch. Yeah, because he's going to fall down where he catches the football. Why use him that way? That is does not play to any of his strengths. When we drafted him, what were we both saying about how we should use him? He's the perfect seam. Go down the seam. And a vertical threat. Yeah. 100%. He's like the Noah Fant, yep. George Kittle. Like that's, That is the type. Hawkinson, he is the receiving threat. Mm-hmm. Send him deep. And even if you don't send it to him, insert MVS talk about bringing the safeties <laughs> with you. But it's true. That's why I say it so much. Because it's true. You see it in other teams where the offense is actually hum. It's how it works. You use your weapons to spread the defense. And either they're open, you hit them. And if not, somebody else is going to be open, you hit them instead. This is it's- a game of checkers chess whatever you want to call it that's what football is it's moving pieces around to take your advantage and it's pretty simple i mean we've had success with this concept um so far this season but i felt like we didn't see a ton of it where send luke on a on a scene right go down the field if the linebacker follows you right and and goes deep with you you generally have an in-breaking route that's where we see a lot of those in-breaking routes to romeo have him coming behind it Fill the void left by the linebacker who's streaking down the field with Musgrave. Boom. There you go. 12 yards. Have a good day. If he stays short with Romeo or whoever the, the under-breaking routes are, well, then you got a nice hole before he gets to the safeties in a cover two predominantly. Um, it could work probably in a cover four too. But then you'll have a hole right by the linebackers. Hit him on the seam. Boom. Now you got 20 yards. Thank you very much. And not only is that playing to the strength of Musgrave, 
Yep. And also we've seen Romeo is pretty good at those in-breaking routes. But it's a super easy read for Jordan. Yeah. It's easy money. Me and you can read that. You're looking at like one dude. Exactly. Or maybe two because you make sure you know where the safety is. Yeah, know where the safety is. Kind of maybe see what the corner is doing in case he kind of comes over late. But even then, that'd have to be a hell of a corner to come back from to get over in time to cover Musgrave. It, it just makes too much sense. Right. And I don't know what LaFleur is doing. And like you can't call that play all the time. This isn't Madden. I understand. But like we've run that play successfully. I don't understand why we're doing nothing but short routes for Musgrave or screens to him. Like that's not he's he's not Mister Yak. I'm not gonna not gonna go full Luke and say that he follows down every single time he catches it. He more or less does. Not quite there yet, but yeah, he he is a sort of like MVS. He's a long stride runner. You gotta let him go. Yeah. MVS. I always said you know blazing. I loved him to death, but I never wanted him to get the ball on a screen. That's not no. his game. He's not quick. He's not quick enough. You got to let him, you know, get the wheels turning a little bit. Send him on deep overs, mm-hmm. even at not even a deep out. But these these short, quick little for him, it's not going to work. Now he's catching them. So, I mean, at, there's a time and a place for everything, at right? At least there's a completion. Correct. And it's not a sack. Sure, better than negative yards. I agree Absolutely. with you Absolutely. But you're not using him to his fullest extent. I think, you know, kind of use him like discount Jimmy Graham, young Jimmy Graham, not our Jimmy Graham, right? That's perfect. Because he had no quickness, but he had speed and he was tall. And that hurt the defense a lot. And they had to respect it. That was and honestly wasn't, a perfect comparison. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And he's not a yak guy, right? Never was. Occasionally throw a stiff arm, but that was about it. He wasn't juking people. No, I think Jimmy would like accidentally truck somebody, and that <laughs> would be it. Correct. So that's how we should use him. And like I said, I understand time and place. He's not going to run 30 yards downfield every single play. But like we should probably try to use that a little bit speaking of being used Jaden reed yeah with like where what two targets what did we do romeo dobbs four even mr slow dontavian wicks who i did bring up the show apparently is leading the league and getting open i believe in man coverage mm-hmm. you have three guys right there that all be all deserve way more of the target shares completely agree especially when we throw the ball 30 times yeah, it's ridiculous looking at, at the the Green Bay receiving stats, and it's like Christian Watson, three, Josiah, or not Josiah, uh, Luke Musgrave, six, and everybody else is one. Like, wh- Except where Patrick is... Taylor, he's got two. Oh, wonderful. He's Patrick not even Taylor on the team. has two. <laughs> where's the ball going? What are we doing? And I think this kind of goes back to the play calling as a whole. I want your opinion on this. Yeah. I felt like for a lot of that game, why, why are we running stuff so deep? There are several plays where we're, we're running really deep routes and guys just aren't getting open and the offense line is not protecting well enough. I don't think I think Jordan was sacked a whole lot this game. I know that Max Crosby was a problem. We were sacked two times. Two times. But, but Crosby was an issue like every play. He was. And other guys were then able to step up because we're mm-hmm. trying to have three guys stop Mr. Crosby. I just don't see why we're doing these deeper routes. Get him short. And I know you're going to say we don't have a yak guy, but at least give people opportunities to. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think one of Jordan's strongest throws and routes to throw at the moment, he's got those in-breakers, which I would have said were a strength until the last two weeks. Um, But those kind of intermediate outs to Jaden Reed feel uncoverable. Yeah, like the 10, 12. I'm okay with With his route running. Yeah. And Jordan seems to love that throw to the left side specifically. I mean, just like, where was that, right? We've run that throughout the season so far, and it just feels like free money. 
right? And a lot of it's defensive dependent and all that, yada, 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 right? But we do have to play to our strengths at some point. And right now our strength is not throwing the deep ball, right? He's like, what, bottom three in the league in deep ball accuracy so far this year? He's completed like five of 24 or something like that, over 20 yards. It's real bad. It's it's weird because you brought up, you know, underthrow, but he's not just underthrowing. He's underthrowing, he's overthrowing, he's missing left, he's missing right. Like, it's all over the place. And I just... I don't have an answer. Like I said, kind of hoping that, you know, the the more reps he has, he sort of works the kinks out. I think some of it is um, footwork, I think. He's getting a little happy feet. You seeing it too? He's getting a little, he's getting a little Aaron-esque, right? And that's a great thing sometimes, changing the arm angles and deliveries and working around um, the pocket and stuff. Because there's that one play last week or two weeks ago where he was moving left and then dropped the arm all the way to the right to still throw it in the throwing lane. But his whole body was like a whole offensive lineman away from where the ball was delivered. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That is elite. Special. Right? But on all these deep balls, yeah, little happy feet, uh, throw, right? When's the last time you saw him step into a deep ball? Really step into it and let it rip? Probably the last actual highlight. We'll see. <laughs> right, right. And it feels like... And I know they were working on this, all this touch and stuff, but like at some point, I want to see that ball driven down the field, right? Especially stuff on the seam, unless it's wide open. Gas. That's got to get there right now yeah. because you got safeties coming from somewhere, right? If you're trying to split the safeties, get it over the linebacker, that ball's got to get there right now on a rope. And we're not really seeing that right now. All the deep balls are, are floated. And if our wide receivers are not going to go make those contested catches, or you're just going to miss them by five yards in every direction, then what are we doing? I don't know, man. And I think a lot of us really don't know what we're doing. I've seen so many other members of Packer media besides ourselves just ask, like, what does this team do well? Mm-hmm. What is their offensive identity? And I don't have an answer for you. I'm hoping that with Aaron Jones, we're going to get that back a little bit more. I'm hoping that there's there's panic flags that are starting to go off. There's alarms. You know, something's got to change here, boys. I'm glad you brought that up because even you remember the the Bears game, which was glorious, right? I just had lunch with my dad, and he was like, "Why couldn't we have played the Bears later? Like, why couldn't we have played the Bears like this week just so we could feel better about ourselves?" Well, they look better now, so maybe that would have been as awesome. But, um, but even just kind of going back to one of my original points, we have no one on the roster that can run the play that Aaron Jones scored a touchdown on the backfield. Texas? Right, run the Texas Oh, route. agreed. Aaron, or we, we AJ Dillon, no. Nobody that can do that. Yeah, basically we have Aaron Jones is the entire running game. AJ Dillon is a fine, sometimes power back that can get you maybe three and a half or four. He's, yeah. You know what he should be? You'll like this. He should be what Patrick Taylor was meant to be. And then we have another back. Just yeah. three and a half, four yards... Technically a power back, not a whole lot of shimmy, just he's going to run forward. He's not going to lose you the ball and is okay in pass protection. That is what RB3 should be. He should be taking Patrick Taylor's job, and then it would be nice if we had someone with a little more pop or just more usefulness. Completely agree. Completely agree. Because right now, if we're going to run that route, I mean, I don't know who we put back there. Jane Reed. I was going to say, I put Jane Reed in running back. We honestly maybe should start doing that. We used to do some of that weird stuff. So at we got to do something. Where's the Christine Michaels that we can pick up? Seriously, I know I keep bringing him up, but like that was a perfect acquisition. It a was. nice 
That was third down back who also has a little bit of juice in the running game because we would see we'd go out a gun and do halfback draw with him and he would he would do something he with would it. make people pay right I I don't know man I, that brings up a good point though I feel like we've also seen a lot less Jane Reed motions and in, in that kind of thing totally did Aaron come back right do, <laughs> do we just stop the motion <laughs> and you would be thinking this is another time where you should be using much more ocean ocean maybe we could use some ocean I don't know what maybe. we need using much more motion to get people way more open horizontally especially when we're struggling to when we attack vertically you got to get people moving horizontally this team we're too young too athletic a lot of people are making so many mistakes that you need to get yourself as much of an advantage as you can you need to get those windows any inches you can get are going to be huge with jordan missing throws or maybe guys being a little bit off on their routes anything you can do to help you need to do this needs to be all gas no break not even the play calling, but in scheming people open. You have to be better, Matt. I'm so glad you brought that up because where are all the the just open people that we saw previously, especially a couple years ago? And we have the horses now. We do. We didn't last year. They're, right? not, they're not the smartest horses. Sometimes they run into the gate. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, Musgrave definitely ran some wrong routes this game. But, but the, they get uh, right back up and they keep running. Like, are, did we just throw out every play that got... Robert Tunyon, a touchdown? Did we just throw out every, all those plays? Because he was wide-ass open for every touchdown, it felt like, right? And that one magical season before he tore his ACL. Pause. Pause. Some of them broken? Pause. I get it. Back in that season, we had this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Devontae Adams. And I know that you loved McHenry's own, and I have his hoodie, and I appreciate our time with him. But who gives a shit if McHenry's own is on the field when you have Devonta Adams out there, buddy? That's why he was an afterthought. That's why it worked so well. Now, it's like, okay, you have all these young guys who are pretty even. Who's the ball going to go to? Sorry for laying a harsh truth, but that's why I think he was so open. I don't think it was the scheme. I think it was everyone watched Devonte. Okay. And also, he is not McHenry's own anymore. He is Robert Tunyon. Yeah, he gets, he gets his birth name we, now. We were talking about him in the past. Tense. <laughs> in the past, I loved, fair I loved enough, him fair dearly, enough. but I think it was like the Mercedes Lewis effect, where he would just be randomly open. Yeah, because you're so worried about Devonte. Yep, yeah, that still worked last year for Mercedes. I'm saying he still popped open. Yeah, you can still have the Mercedes Lewis effect. What what that theorem is? I'll actually, I'll write it out one day. It's just if you are, if you have enough higher talent, if there is a, if your talent difference. If you are target four or five on the play, the larger your talent, perceived talent difference is between the highest targets on the offense, so Devontae or Watson or whoever, and you, the bigger that gap is, the more likely you are to be open. With how old Mercedes Lewis is, (laughs) and as we said last year, being basically a glorified offensive tackle. He's 39. His speed rating in Madden is probably 58 on a good day. That's out of 100, folks. If you haven't played lately, fix your life. And then you have Christian Watson. And you have Aaron Jones. And now I'm blinking who else was in the receiver room last. You got Romeo sometimes. Allen. And you had the Lizard King, who Aaron loved. So he did. Yeah. You still have that effect. Sorry I, to shit on your big Bob no, parade. That's, that's fine. And, and Not a parade. I'm just saying, like... I, we were able to get some of these guys open in the past, right? We were able to. Christian Watson should be taking a fair amount of attention. I'm not saying prime Devontae attention, but, like, dude should be taking some attention. Some of that goes back to what we talked about earlier. He needs to make sure he is more of a threat. And so plays like that, 
the the Christian Watson not stepping up, Christian Watson being a large human but not being a dude, because those yeah. are two very different things that I'm very happy you pointed out. That hurts the the rest of the offense as a whole. Because yeah, if you are not as centered on somebody, then it's more even keel across. And that's gonna make things harder for everybody else. True. Especially when we're not like twenty eleven Packers. Because then it was fine, everybody was even because they were all phenomenal. Everybody was a god. Yeah. Exactly. We're we, not that level. We did not know. <laughs> we we didn't know how good we had it. No. Um, I think that pretty much covers it for the offense as far as I'm concerned. The offensive line, I think, actually didn't play terribly overall. I think they're fine. You're going up against one of the point. best pass rushers in the NFL, and your offensive scheme is not helping you. I was not overly upset with them. No. And Crosby made a lot of also high-effort plays, right? It wasn't just like he was whooping people left and right. He was running all the, over the formation. He was making run stops. That was an all-around game from him. The only thing I want to add on offense is the the old adage, the old thought process is, is when you are playing an elite edge rusher, what do you do to them, Luke? When In the running game, what do you do to them? You generally run right at them. You run right at them. You run down their throat, and we didn't do that at all. And instead of running at him and blocking him and trying to sweep him out – which you may or may not be successful in. They tried to run away from him, and didn't work. Is AJ Dillon or Patrick Taylor are they burners? They can't run away from them. No, they can't. Away from so them. they would just go from the opposite side, come around, you know, go through Jordan Love, and then you know tackle him for one, two yard, three yard gain. Like Max Crosby was making tackles on, like for example, like stretch left when he was lined up on the right side of the field. If you can imagine that in your head, guys, that's pretty crazy. Now he is a hell of an athlete. But you you got a game plan for that. And if at some point, why don't you switch it? Like, if you originally wanted to run away from him for everything, okay. I don't personally agree with it, but you can try that instead. We can, you know, we can have different mindsets on things. Me and Matt, we haven't sat down yet, but we should. Okay, Matt, but if that doesn't work, then maybe try running at him. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing all over again? Correct. Think you're going to have a different outcome? Correct. Don't be insane, Matt, because you're going to make me insane. We don't want that. Although it's more, it's more entertaining for you, I think, <laughs> than some of the listeners. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's hop on over to defense. I, I don't have a ton to say about the defense, actually, overall, I would I, say, because they, if you hold the team to 17 points, you should win the game. Right. Simple as that. And this defense has been holding teams to, what, 20, 25 points and under for basically a year straight. The defense has problems. Joe Barry has problems. I don't love a lot of the scheme. I don't love a lot of the the player usage. But at the end of the day, we should be able to score more than 17 points. And people are going to bring up a lot of the Preston Smith stuff, right, and how he's cornerback one up against Devontae, which is hilarious on the surface, but just doesn't make a ton of sense when you actually think about it for a second. May I jump on that? Sure. So I'm, I'm going to give a little shout-out to uh, Packaday. I know we don't like when we bring up other shows, but Andy Herman and this dude – Justice, who spells his name with an, an S as opposed to IC. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. And I threw him some love for his commentary on it, and then he never responded. So little insulted as another member of the media, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> he made a really good point, which I didn't think of originally. And honestly, I have not done the all 22 on this game. So I just, I did not choose to, to pay myself with this one. Fair enough. You know, all about self love. The Raiders were in, uh, I believe, the two receiver set, two receivers, two tight ends. So what are you predicting there, Luke, as a defensive coach? Uh, you're thinking run. So you're thinking run. So if you're going to be run formation with two tight ends, you're going to go six DBs, right? 
wrong. No. No, no. you're going to go heavy you're personnel. Go a little heavier, yeah. You're going to go heavy personnel. Now, you're going to have heavy personnel for the run, but just in case they're going to pass, Luke, you're going to call man, you're going to call zone. Zone. With the number of bodies there. Unfortunately, does that mean that Preston Smith has to be in coverage just in case? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it the do, way defense It doesn't works. look pretty. Yeah, it doesn't look pretty. It's the way defense works. Unfortunately, it's Devontae Adams, one of the absolute best route runners we've ever seen, one of the best receivers we've ever seen. Will be easily a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book. So it looks really ugly, and it would be nice if we do have to have an outside linebacker to track back in coverage that maybe it'd be Nessie, but you don't want it to be Gary. Because nope. you, you don't want Gary not dropping back. Correct. I don't even know if was Hollins even on the roster for this game. No. I can't see Enigbari dropping back in coverage. Nope. So yeah, it looks horrible because it's Preston. When he drops back in coverage, he looks like one of those dudes <laughs> from uh you ever seen Toy Soldiers, that nineties movie where the yeah. toys come to life? Yep, yep I have. That's a good movie. And, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> and uh and the the bad to- like the good toys are all like the the ugly ogres and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He looks like one of those out there in coverage. Honestly, I'm hoping that they just hope he's so lanky. That he's just kind of in the way. You know, he just eats up space. Just, I feel like you should almost go into like a basketball stance with his arms wide. It's kind of how fast he just, moves just out there. take up as much ground as you can because you're going to lose whatever is coming at your way. Uh, it's interesting because like this isn't just an us problem, right? Every defense that has a similar scheme does this from time to time. It's just other people are better at it to a certain extent, right? So TJ Watt did this a week or two ago. And he ended up having a pass breakup. Because they're slightly different athletes. He and th- th- he dropped back into coverage. Guy caught a ball behind him. And he turned around, and hilariously enough, just straight up punched the dude in the chest. And he dropped it. <laughs> well, TJ Watt. <laughs> but, like, TJ Watt was in coverage that play. Oh, my God. But no one was freaking out about it. Right? Well, the Steelers, I think, can also afford to drop TJ Watt into coverage because they have Alex Highsmith and other guys. I, I don't that, disagree. That can't attack the, the better but um, the, rushers. It's just part of what the scheme does you can't blitz everybody all the time or have everybody rush all the time right you're gonna have to drop back especially if you're gonna do any kind of creative anything right yeah zone blitzes are usually involving someone dropping back i mean they have to one of the best plays in packer history you you could look at that and be laughable Mm -hmm. in the 2010 nfc title game bj raji drop back into coverage trying to make their comeback and we have bj raji dropping back on a zone blitz i think it was sam shields coming off the outside and bj raji picks that ball off in front of johnny knox I, mean, I, doubt, like, I know we, we look at that play and we remember how funny it was and how great and just the dagger that it was. But if you just stop and, and look at that frame by frame with B.J. Raji trying to cover a receiver on an outbreaking route, that looked pretty stupid, too. But that's the way the NFL works. Correct. It just it's kind of become a meme at this point. And I'm kind of here for it because it's funny just to see the screenshots of Devontae and Preston one on one. But like it happens, man. It happens. Yeah, Nessie's probably would be a little better. I mean, maybe. Did you yeah. also play defensive tackle in college for half the time? Nessie can do everything. He, hopefully, we need to see more of him. That's like my one critique. I don't like the usage of our of our linebackers at this point. I don't know if Gary's still on a snap count or what's going on there. He needs to see the field more if he can. Nessie needs to see the field more. I love Preston. Enik Bari's playing really well. Be like, let let's let these guys eat a little bit, especially because. Nessie had one play, and he graded out poorly in this game, but he had one play where he just destroyed their tight end. Just destroyed, like threw him to the ground on a run play. It was glorious. It was amazing. It's like, that dude has unbelievable strength. And if we get more creative with our packages, like we talked about, 
when you have Nessie and if we bring back Hollins and Igbari and Gary and, and, and Preston too, maybe then you can get another one of our big guys off the field, give him some, give mm. him some time, right? I mean, because we do have more pieces on that defensive line room than we used to with Wooded and Brooks, so I think they're both looking better. Again, I will agree. I was wrong about those draft picks, Luke. You were right. I'm, I'm all you. here for telling you that. So far, I'm, I'm betting like a 1,000 on these guys. Okay, be quiet. <laughs> not gonna, not Between gonna, them and Wicks. <laughs> not going to stroke your ego that much, but yes, you are right. But also, Josiah's doing things. So I got a little something. Got a little something, something. He's got 58 yards, man. <laughs> Okay, where we thought he was going to realistically be when the season started, he is one of the few Packer players who is outperforming what we expected. You can at least say that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, appreciate you. But what I was going back to before I got my tangent is that when we have all these edge rushers, you can then do more creative packages. Like we used to do the one five five prowl. I love that formation. You have one down defensive lineman. You can call it Kenny. You can even put Nessie in the one spot. Put him in nose tackle. We got options. I don't care. And then who's coming? Who's not? You just got everybody kind of roaming around back there. Yeah, you have one down defensive lineman, and then you have five guys literally just kind of roaming around, kind of moving around before the snap, and, the, and it's usually a lot of stunts. We had, we saw a lot of success with that in the 2010s with um, Clay. With Clay, but I'm also I'm trying to think. Tom Caker, Don Capers. There yes. you go. That was the DC. Why not bring that back, especially on, on later downs? You know, Third and long. Third and eight, third and ten, whatever it is. Why not send that? Get the best horses we got out there. And then if, heaven forbid, they, they do convert, you're giving those big run-stuffing guys a little bit more of a breather. A little bit of a break, yeah. I did just want to say with this defense, I know it's just clickbait stuff, but especially after this game, don't be saying fire Joe Barry. I agree. I don't agree with everything he does. But this defense is continuously having to be on the field. All the time. Because the offense the is just doing nothing for halves at a time. And we have so many injuries. Devondre's out. Quay went Quay out. Quay goes down. By the Sav- way, the backups did well there. Yeah, Savage goes out. play yeah. well. well Eric, Mc- <laughs> Eric McStuffie. I just combined them. <laughs> they are one player. Isaiah McStuffie, what do you expect? He Bo- played great. Boy plays a lot of heart. Eric Wilson, I think, had a nice TFL yep. or a sack. So yep. shout out to him for sacking Jimmy G because we just love that guy. Not. <laughs> So you have a lot of injuries. You have Joe Barry getting the best out of what he can out of some of his guys. But there's coaching, and then there's also playing. The one play I do want to dissect on defense, the touchdown to Devontae Adams, which is a simple crossing route. Yeah, we were playing at the goal line, right? At the goal line. I forget what it's called, Madden. My apologies. I mean, it looks like slants when you call it just to one side. So they had two receivers to the left. Yep. Believe Devontae was originally lined up outside. I don't know who was inside. Probably Jacoby Myers or Hunter Renfro. Probably. It's a simple natural pick play where you have the inside receiver run to the flat towards like the, the goal line, towards the flag, and then the the outside receiver breaks in on a slant. So natural pick play. And it sounds like we had practiced that, that we knew it was coming. Because you can see Razugad is very animated, like yelling mm-hmm. at Keyshawn Nixon. And it calls hike, and the play goes exactly as expected. And Nixon dives, like when you click on in Madden, because he dives like four yards behind him. Correct. And Razul was all up on him. Yeah. Like, dude, like we effing, we knew that play was coming. 100%. You can't... It's amazing, A, that we had it scouted. Like, way to go, Joe Barry. And then way to go, Razul, for knowing... And this is not the first time. Razul has been calling out people all season for blowing their assignments. It seems like, at times, he's the only one that knows what's going on back there. I was talking to my dad about this yesterday, and I was wondering... 
who had the green dot? Great who would question. be calling sing, who would be calling things and and an audibling and making adjustments? Yeah, maybe McStuffy, McStuffy, maybe Rudy Ford. I know it'd be an, it's it's not ideal because of where he is. It really wouldn't be ideal. But who do, you, do it. who do you trust more than Razul? And I'm not just being oh, Razul Gags. I love him, but seriously, the man has great football vision. Yeah, he's been playing really well. He's been solid. He's been doing the right thing this year. And as a it feels leader, like a lot of guys aren't holding people accountable. Yep, doing your one eleventh. You can't be asking better. You know, he looks like the All Pro corner right now, not Jair. Yeah, Jair's been playing not great. No, and I think that was a little bit of a dig when he was like, well, I guess we just can't give up any points. You can say that. You can say that in a challenging to your boys way. You know, if a reporter asks, we've heard in the past, reporters like, hey, you know, offense wasn't doing a whole lot. What do you guys got to do? The correct answer is our boys are going to figure it out. We got to worry about what we can control. Yep. If we don't give up any points, they don't win. That's what matters, and the boys will figure it out. But the, well, I guess we can't give up a touchdown. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. You're better than that, Jair. That is 100% what it feels like for long stretches of these games. Just going to say Kevin King wouldn't say that. True. True. He would not. Thank you. We're just going to leave that where it lies. We're just going to leave that where it lies. <laughs> Kevin King, better team player than Jair. Um, yeah, Jair's got to figure it out. But I, overall, the, I thought the defense played relatively well. Picked right. off Jimmy G, which is an unfortunate trend that now whenever we get picked by Rudy Ford in 2023, we always lose. Which is annoying. And uh, we had pressure all day, right? Realistically, we put a lot of pressure on on Jimmy G, uh, which didn't get home a ton. We had three sacks, but at, we got to get home a little bit more frequently. I think, but overall, scheme-wise, like, I don't have that many complaints about the defense for this game. They did what they needed to do. We just couldn't bring it home on offense. Anything else you want to cover for this one? Not really, man. I feel like this pretty much, it's nice to kind of get a lot of this out. You know, we got the bye week. We'll be back next week talking about our next opponent, the Broncos. Um, we got a big game in the NFC North to see who's going to be the, the basement dweller this Sunday. Vikings Bears. Vikings Bears. Uh, Vikings with no Jeff- Justin Jefferson for God knows how long. Yeah, that'll be that'll be something. You know, my fingers are really crossed. Really crossed that. I would say, oh, I can't do it. I can't tie. do it. Tie. Tie. Want a tie. Tie. Would a tie be bad enough for the Vikings that they would think about trading Kirk Cousins? I don't think so. Any chance that's in the realm or probably no because there's no great suitors? No, I think they probably write it up. Okay. Especially because I, if I remember right, it's deals up at the end of the year. Probably. So, I mean, it's for a rental. You're not going to get anything of importance anyways. I was originally thinking I want him gone because I hate him so much, but remembering and realizing that he's not going to have Jefferson, so people aren't going to be open, so he's going to throw us the ball. Yeah, it's going to be sack lunch. I'm fine with with Kirk being back there a little bit longer. I am. I'm fine for a couple more doses of Kirk Cousins when he's vulnerable. Agreed. We're going for the jugular. I like it. Absolutely. Anything else, my man? No, I think I think I'm pretty good. I think this pretty much covers it, man. Alrighty, guys. Hopefully, the future is going to be better. But until next time, go Paco. Go Paco.